0: Hey, it's Karen Hunter from The Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Let me welcome our guest in. Um, we just talked with him about this uh, book that he wrote about Ricky uh, Henderson called Ricky. That's his latest book. Uh, he's done a bunch of books. Hank Aaron, he's done books on a lot of uh, sports figures. Uh, but I wanted to talk with him about this case today. So let me welcome back journalist and author Howard Bryant. Welcome. Hi, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm not great. Okay. I'm not
1: great. I'm okay. All
0: right, talk, um, talk, about, talk about what you what you're feeling right now.
1: Well, I'm. I am listening to your show, and I was up in the hills earlier today, and I didn't have any service. And so when I came back down into civilization, I saw the sentence, and it's. It is everything that we expected. It was everything that you sort of feared, and all of the political machinations, as you brought up earlier. All of this is all part of this, but that doesn't change anything. That doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it any any less unjust, and it doesn't make it any more any less painful. Um, if anything, I, you know, I've heard the arguments, and I've been reading the stories about how this is the first step to her coming home. Is it? I mean, let's we'll we will see. And so, yeah, it's 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 been real rough. And I also think about I mean, you're right. I mean, this is the I I heard you talk earlier about, you know, the whole should have known better piece of it. It's very disturbing to me. You know, I mean, we live in a country of traitors anyway, that there's a, the, a number of people who are sort of happy that this has happened to her and that they're taking this side of, uh, well, you know, she broke the law in another country and uh, there's that. Um, but I think the other piece of it that hits me as well is these athletes, man, I don't know what the support system is. I don't know what the advanced scouting was. I don't know what from everything that I had heard um, about how some of this works. That when you when when you're one of the superstar players coming in from the you know being sort of imported in you know in midseason or whatever, because the you know WNBA players don't make a lot of money, so they need to go overseas to make their money. That they've got this sort of concierge lane where they can kind of do what they do. Whoever is running that concierge lane had to tell had to let everybody know that the the political calculations are different.
0: Right. And that
1: things are hot right now. And that that lane, if anything goes down with that lane, cannot protect you.
0: Okay. I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I brought up Iman Shum- Shumpert, who should know better um, than to get, get go to a Texas airport with a bunch of marijuana <laughs> in America, right? Some would say, you know, as, as you're saying this, I'm also thinking that there's a coddled way in which athletes are treated in this nation where many, far too many, um, get to we're, we're, I want to talk to you about that football player too, who uh, had all of those massage uh, yeah, johnson Yes. Uh, and now they're they're. Con- I mean, he's doing this for how long? And they still were like, oh, no, but he's a good quarterback though. And uh, yo, he hasn't been convicted. However, we all know So there's two things going on here. And I'm also thinking politically, hmm, if Biden, because it's gonna be on him, doesn't bring Brittany Griner home, are black people gonna hold him accountable? Because this hits differently for black people. I feel like for us, it's it's different. It's not just, you know, a basketball player. It's a black woman in a Russian prison. I don't know.
1: Six foot eight black queer woman in a country that is extremely, extremely hostile toward all the above.
0: Six, eight queer black woman. Yes, all of that. Let's talk about, let's suss this out when we come back. And I'm just curious, I I wanna ask this too. We're, we're, uh, you know, in similar age range. Um,
1: I'm 20 years older than you.
0: You are not. You're not. I don't remember. I don't remember a lot of things growing up, but anxiety and then having to take weed for anxiety. First of all, nobody could smoke weed. Uh, It was illegal until quite recently in the last five years. And the country has changed. I've always been for the legalization of marijuana. I never smoked it in college. It was rampant. Of course, Um, I just have always been a person that, you know, not, not for any reason. I didn't judge it. If it was, you know, something that I thought might have been good, I would have tried it maybe. But I was like, I don't understand y'all acting real crazy. Me neither. I hate it.
1: Yeah. I, I, like, I don't like it. how it smells. i be honest with you, Karen. I hate it. And, there, and I voted for it here in Massachusetts. Yeah. And the reason why I can't stand it is because of the cynicism that comes with it. The reason why I voted for the legalization of it is because I don't because of proportionality. Why are we putting all these people in jail for something so stupid as this? It, okay. it, that was the reason. But the flip side of this is the idea that this is harmless. And I constantly try to tell my son, I tell him all the time, listen, this is a money game. This is a, it's a, we live in a vice economy, mm. right? And in a vice economy, you have gambling is now legal. Weed is now legal, Right alcohol has been like sin taxes this is how things are getting paid for that doesn't mean this is good for you that don't mean this is healthy for you and you're being used you're being eaten alive by this now i'm not saying you can't go out, get high have some fun or whatever i smoke wait a everyone has done what they've done right but the way this is being sold mm. is being sold in a way that is going to destroy black people.
0: Ooh, it's Thrive Thursday. I I would love to have this conversation, honestly. So let's have it, Mr. Karen I'm at the Show. We going we going to have a conversation today. Uh, I can't give out the number because all the lines are lit. But I would love to hear people's opinion. I'm actually going to go into Nubia. You know what Howard Bryant is laying out is the price that we have to pay. That the price that we will pay because we will disproportionately pay for these. Um, the, the the lifting of you know the the ban on this substance but we've paid already we've paid a severe debt um and is it time for us to examine you know the al- 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 alcohol and all of the passing you know, of the carvassier and now the weed and all of the other things you know crack I mean come on heroin and at some point the responsibility on a community what is it what is our responsibility to reject this? Yes, have your have your fun, but at what cost? Eight six six. And,
1: and, and, and like I said, and I and I am really trying to figure out how I feel about this because I don't want the state in my business at all. I mean, I'm really sort of torn about this, and I and I really am on the side of decriminalization. It's really like politically, that's how I feel. However, I know we've seen how this affects people too. You know, and so obviously, you know, when you're looking at this from a, you know, you want to throw everything on personal responsibility, fine. But I think what I need to do is I was advocating this for a friend the other day um, to go back and to look at the histories of criminalization and decriminalization as to what the flashpoints were and what were the reactions and the overreactions. I mean, they used to put cocaine in soda. That's why it's called Coca-Cola, right? Mm-hmm. They used to actually put small amounts of cocaine in the soda. And so clearly, as time went on, there have been flashpoints. And I don't know enough about this. I need to go back and read the history. Clearly, when LSD was legal, it was, it was legal for a reason. And then at another point, it wasn't legal, probably because there was some form of abuse or something crazy happened. And then, then the legislatures came and said, can't be having this anymore.
0: Yeah, but it's never really about the abuse of anything, right? It's about the commerce. It's about
1: the commerce of it. Exactly.
0: People, drunk driving has killed more people uh, Mm -hmm. in this country, not to mention all of the dysfunction that happens in families. when Oh, that's right. You know, like families have been destroyed. We don't, who don't talk about it. I was
1: talking about the functioning alcoholic, right? right? When you think about this. I am fascinated, and I say this all the time, Karen Hunter, I say it all the time. I am stunned by the amount of alcohol that people drink. It's stunning to me, you know, but it is part of our culture. I'll get on a plane, I got an 8 a.m. flight, they're drinking at 8 o'clock in the morning. And okay, maybe you are on vacation, it's not my business to judge, I got my noise cancers on, we're straight, but you are drinking at 8 o'clock in the morning. And so, you know, you know, and I cover sports and so, you know, alcohol's all over sports. And so you realize it there that the functioning alcoholic is a part of this culture. The number of people who just drink as a matter of course. And when you stop drinking and I and I still, you know, drink, but I don't drink nearly as much because I'm not as social. One thing the pandemic has absolutely done. that so now that we we're not out anymore, I don't drink in my house. I drink socially, and now that there's no social, I'm like, man, when was the last time I had a couple of drinks? Because you're not around people anymore. And so now that you're starting to reopen, I'm starting to see, damn, people drink a lot. And, you know, the number of people, you know, there's been a half dozen friends of mine whose kids, and my son's about to go to college, so now I'm really monitoring this. The number of these of of parents, black parents, friends of mine who were like, you know, the way that they're selling weed in our culture is that it cannot hurt you. And the way, you know, and, you know, it's like I'm making sure his ass doesn't flunk out you know, freshman year because they got all this freedom now. Right. And so clearly there's something to monitor here. And, you know, and I was thinking, you know, just on the, the, the Brittany Griner thing as well, you're right, it's not about weed, it's not about, it's not about vape pens, it's not about hashish oil, it's not about any of that, any of that. It's, about, it's about NATO, right, it's about all of these other things, but it's also about something else, and it's about proportionality. And so for everything else, so what we're really thinking about here in terms of bringing uh, Brittany Griner home is the United States has to decide whether or not they're going to trade an arms dealer for a basketball player right i mean that is wild when you think of it that way and yet maybe that's not the calculation maybe the calculation is you're willing to trade politics for somebody clearly unjustly accused of something who clearly needs not be in prison for a a decade is that a calculation worth taking absolutely it is but if you look at it the other way No, and then the other piece of it, too, is there are all kinds of people in the United States of America right now doing nine and a half years
2: for weed. Your Honor, they taught me two important, my parents taught me two important things. One, take ownership for your responsibilities, and two, to work hard for everything that you have. That's why I pled guilty to my charges. I understand everything that's being said against me, the charges that are against me, And that is why I pled guilty. But I had no intent to break any Russian law. I want to apologize to my teammates, my club, Mgemka, the fans, and the city of DCAT for my mistake that I made and the embarrassment that I brought onto them. I made an honest mistake, and I hope that in your ruling that it doesn't end my life here. I know everybody keeps talking about political on and politics, but I hope that that is far from this courtroom.
0: <laughs> that was the voice of Brittany Griner. That was a statement that she gave uh, before sentencing. Uh, Howard Bryant is with us, journalist, author. The latest book is entitled Ricky. We just spoke with him a couple of weeks ago. Um, as you listen to Brittany Griner say that she hopes that this would not become a political Situation, and as she said, you know, I made an honest mistake. I hope that I won't get, you know, hard, you know, nine years. So basically, Russia like middle fingers to all of that, and this will be political, and we're going to sentence you to a lot because that's the only way we're going to get that arms dealer back. Howard, thoughts?
1: Well, there's nothing else she can do. Yeah, I mean, they've got you. So whatever you say you know, you can't be all defiant. You're not in a position of leverage. You have no leverage. So it's it's the it's, it's the proverbial throwing yourself at the mercy of the, of the court. And so she was at the mercy of the court and the court had no mercy. I mean, considering that the maximum sentence for her offense was 10 years and she got nine years and that the prosecution was asking for nine and a half crazy and Um, that in Russian law the prosecution could actually appeal I don't think that they would but are they going to appeal for the extra six months and so yes all of this when you listen to it it's it's gut-wrenching in so many ways because one just as black people I'm listening to this and I'm thinking why are we begging for something that is clearly fixed but she doesn't have any choice. You're not. I'm not upset with her. There's nothing you can do in this situation. It does go back to what we were talking about earlier, that I want to know the process, because, like I said, everything that I had heard was that they look the other way. A lot of these countries. If you go play in China, you play in Russia, Turkey, where a lot of the female basketball players play, because that's where they get to, you know, earn. That's where they can make up for the lack of salaries that you have. And then when people have said to me, well, you know, if this was Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, you know, they wouldn't be in this situation. I'm like, that's right. They wouldn't be in the situation because they make money at home. They don't have to traipse the globe trying to put together a living for their skill set. But you know that there are these concierge lanes where they want these players to come in. They, they look the other way and they let them sort of come in. And the clubs, every club has a fixer. Just like in baseball, when I was covering baseball, when teams go into Canada, I mean, they have to go through customs for the most part, but they've got a fast-track lane where they can sort of get away. Now, obviously, you can't you can't go too wild. You can't bring two pounds of cocaine or something across the border, obviously. But there have been situations when players had anabolic steroids and brought them over the border. There have been times when all kinds of these things happen, but they're famous. And because they're famous and because they're well-known and because they're part of a very high-profile sports, industrial complex, they get away with things. And then when the political calculation shifts, how much of that information is going down to them, or are they just sitting ducks? How much are they suddenly just vulnerable, because here they are thinking that the world is looking the other way, when actually the world is looking for them. They're actually targets now.
0: 8668018255. You said something about um concierge and um a letting letting athletes know what they can and cannot do. Um I was just uh let me correct myself. Marijuana has always been illegal in in Russia. The the laws do wax and wane, but this is always the amount or what have you, I think it's six grams, six grams, anything over six grams is illegal illegal. Uh a uh Israeli um person was arrested a woman uh for and and was sentenced to more than seven years for drug drug trafficking when she was found with nine grams of marijuana in her luggage uh back in 2019 uh vladimir putin pardoned her in 2020 uh before he went to israel and visited uh benjamin netanyahu who was the prime minister at the time. So that that happened. New York, a New York film-based student was charged with drug possession in St. Petersburg in 2019 as well uh, for allegedly taking medical marijuana into the country. Her name was Audrey Lorber. She was detained. She arrived in St. Petersburg for a vacation. She had 19 grams of marijuana on her. She said the drug was for medical use and showed the prescription, but police said, of course, it wasn't valid. She spent more than a month Brittany Griner's already spent five in detention. A court fined her 15,000 rubles, which is $230, after finding her guilty and let her go. Her skin, she had the right complexion for the connection. And it also was not uh, during a time when Russia had declared war on Ukraine and was trying to do some stuff uh, geopolitically uh, with NATO or to prevent NATO or to expand their territory. I don't know. She she was at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong stuff. Uh, and should should we, hmm, like, I feel like as Black people, we've, we we, we we've, we've, the pendulum has switched, right? So we used to have to jump off the curb and, you know, do all of these things just to live, <laughs> to not be lynched to not get Emmett right? So that made us hyper, you know, like my father would wear a suit everywhere, no matter what the temperature was, because he said, this is my bulletproof vest. I won't get harassed if I have on a suit, they'll know that I'm professional. Not that that matters, right? And now we're like effing, And I'm kind of in the Epic camp where it doesn't matter how you behave, they're gonna treat you how they're gonna treat you because you're still black. <sighs> but I don't know. Howard, tell, tell me you were, you were saying something about the commerce. And what we yeah, should be paying attention
1: what I was to. Saying, and, it, and it's true. I mean, you start getting into a point where, when you get caught up in those systems, I mean, that's, that is, let's just say that is not where you want to be. And what I was getting at before was somewhere along the line, your support group has okay. got to have its finger on the pulse of what's happening over there. And because there are no fixers right now. And you're right. I mean, it's not just the fact that that you know she got caught in this. It's that she is a very valuable pawn in this game, and we're gonna find out how valuable she is to the United States. And we're gonna and and I and it is true that it's not as as uncomplicated as as Joe Biden getting on the phone with Vladimir Putin. You're dealing with with. With these two bureaucracies, and you know, and they're these justice departments, and they're trading all of these different considerations. And who knows how long that is going to take, And who knows if those considerations are going to be accepted? Because the United States did make an offer. They did try, and that offer was rejected. So already, The United States is in a position where they have to up the ante for this to happen. And clearly, there are limits to that ante. We'll find out what, you know, what is taking place over the next several months. But my concern for Brittany Griner is Brittany Griner's safety, Mm -hmm. is Brittany Griner's mental health. And we all know anybody who's had to deal with this situation or who has had, not this one, but the incarceration system, how strong is your mental to make sure you don't harm yourself? Right. To make sure that you are in the right frame of mind to do what's coming. And all of these things are sort of where my mind is at. And I don't want to go dark on this. I don't want to go in these places. But the reality of the situation is that one of your own is going to be right now in a Russian prison for nine years. You know that's the real right now.
0: <sighs> Michael in Indiana eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Howard Bryant is here. You're on the Karen Hunter Show. Welcome.
2: Hi, actually, this is Michael's wife, and he had a question, and he's gone now. But, Karen, I just want to tell you that I love you. I love the whole Urban View. Oh my God, I can't believe this is my first time on the radio! Woo! <laughs> <Yeah! laughs> I, I, I just, I love you, Karen. Uh-huh. You just, you're thank just the best. You and Heather B., everybody, I just love you all. And I'm you. representing from Indianapolis. I tell everybody about Urban View. And um, thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Okay, what was Michael's question, though? Well, he had a question because he said... Wait, wait, wait. wait. What is your name? My name is Tiffany.
0: Tiffany in Indiana. What is Michael's question?
2: (laughs) Welcome to the Call Family. Okay, let me see if I got his question right. His question was uh, that people from the United States know... Like foreign uh, rules of doing illegal anything, drugs or illegal things, and that um, why, and they know that it's illegal, why do what they do? Why go over in foreign countries and do or bring illegal things there? And you know okay. their rules.
0: So uh, Tiffany, uh, tell Michael how are Brian's going to um, respond to that. But I imagine it's because they've been getting away with it because they're athletes, superstar athletes. Rules don't apply to them. They don't apply to them here.
1: That's right, and that's that's the reason. The biggest reason is is that is that they these these very well known basketball teams and these sports teams that need to attract American talent, whether it's the leagues in Turkey or China, Italy, wherever they have these leagues. They know that they have to. They make allowances, and they have people on their staff. When one of their star players gets in, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on that the public never, ever, ever finds out about because they handle it in house. Something goes on with an American player, or we got this guy. He got into a mess for in a bar or something. Or we, this player happened. Okay, this one goes down and deals with it, and then it and it disappears. It's like Michael Clayton, the fixer, makes things go away. They make things go away. But this time, things don't go away. This time, when you're dealing with a war, you're dealing with these two superpowers who have been circling each other since World War II. Relations between the United States and Russia have been, are as bad right now as they have been, especially when you start adding the 2016 election into it. You got to keep things tight right now to get caught. You don't want to be caught in the middle of this.
0: Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on SiriusXM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the SiriusXM app.